Welcome to 60 Questions by Bloom Magazine. This series highlights the different medical specialties to give our audience a better idea of what it's like to be a surgeon with a focus on best practices and workers' compensation. We hope this new series brings much needed valuable insight into the life of a doctor. Welcome to 60 Questions with an Orthopedic Surgeon. Hello, Dr. John, are you ready for your 60? questions. Yes, I am. Very excited to be here. Awesome. What is your name? Um, so my name is Tamara John. I go by Tammy John um, among people who know me. Um, and that's basically it. I'm from upstate New York, Rochester in the cold. Um, so happy to be in Florida now. <laughs> Definitely a change of uh, weather from Rochester to the wonderful Florida. South Florida. Huge difference. <laughs> So what is your specialty? Um, so I actually specialize in orthopedic surgery, but subspecialize into upper extremity surgery. So I basically do everything from below the shoulder all the way to the fingertip. Um, I don't do general orthopedics, so no hips and knees, broken ankles, all that stuff anymore. Um, but I did train in that in general orthopedic training. Excellent. Mm -hmm. How long have you been practicing? So I have been an attending for about three years. Um, so yeah, this is my third year in practice now. Um, training we'll probably talk about later. That was many years. Um, <laughs> so it kind of feels like I've been practicing for longer, but yeah, three years and just came to South Florida four months ago, four or five months ago. Wow. How do you like it? I love it. I came because I'm married. I got married. Um, and we were initially long distance for two years in practice. So then I moved here and now we're in practice together. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So I'll go to the next one. Where did you go to medical school? Okay. So I went to medical school in Rochester, New York, University of Rochester. I was near my family. So my family cooked nice Caribbean food for me. It was wonderful. All of my classmates got the great Caribbean food. Um, and after that, I think you're going to go on to that. I went to residency at Yale. Um, so that was five years in Yale orthopedic residency. Then um, went to University of Pennsylvania for my upper extremity training. That is so awesome. Did you ever think about, did you ever take a gap year? No, I never did. A lot of people do though. And I think that looking back on it, would I have done that possibly because people came back with so much, you know, exquisite knowledge about everything else they did teaching, they did, you know, fun, you know, whatever they did, they learned about art, anything non-related to medicine. <laughs> a lot of times people bring a lot into medicine that way. Um, so looking back on it, I would have loved to just do a year of something different. Wow. What was your favorite part of medical school? If you can remember. Yeah. So <laughs> med school was very fun. It was very difficult, but fun. Um, some of my best friends are still from med school. They were a bunch of them were at my wedding. We're going on another trip later. So I think it's the friendships and the camaraderie that you, you gain from going through something so difficult. Um, and you're still in your like early twenties. Um, so I think that was the best part, like lasting friendships. And if I have any questions to my OB friends or like general medicine, I'll ask them and vice versa. 
That is awesome. Yeah. What specialty did you think you were going into when you first started medical school? So I initially thought I was going into orthopedics, actually. So but it was kind of weird. So I started off playing tennis my whole life. I played national tennis. I played every day of my life until med school started. So once I got to med school, I was super excited to not get have to play tennis. Right. So I could actually focus on just school. Um, and so I thought back then I wanted to be a sports doctor. So I was like, oh, cool. I met the orthopedic surgeon for the ATP tour. And he told me that this was the best specialty you could go into. I was like, this is perfect. I want to take care of athletes. And then, you know, further along, I went, I tried to keep my, an open mind. I was like, let me pay attention to medicine. OB sounds really cool. And that's a better lifestyle. Maybe, maybe not. Um, I really wanted a, a good lifestyle, but I loved orthopedics and ended up going for it anyway, because it's just great. There's so much autonomy and like so many different types of surgeries you can do and help people. So I ended up being an orthopedic surgeon anyway, hating sports, by the way, I ended up not liking sports surgery and end up going into it and loving hand. So that wow. was my pathway. That's <laughs> yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you answered my next one. So I'm going to go to the next one. Um, <laughs> Where was there any specialty that you said, no, this is not for me and why? Yes. So general medicine was a definite no. Um, I did not like the idea of rounding all day long, talking all day long and not as much action. We definitely need general medicine doctors, by the way. They're amazing. I just can't do it. Um, <laughs> I just get too bored. I need to kind of be moving all the time pretty quickly. Um the other thing I definitely didn't want to do, probably neurosurgery. I don't love spine. Um, and that type of surgery just does. I like surgeries where I can sit down and operate, which is why I love upper extremity. And, you know, it's two hour surgeries maximum. Sometimes complex surgeries will take longer, but most of my surgeries are less than two hours in and out. I play music in the OR. It's a fun vibe. You take care of people and you're not your, their lives aren't at risk with my surgery. You know what I mean? So I kind of enjoyed that aspect of it. That kind of falls into my next question. Like what made you fall in love with orthopedics? Um, I think again, the variety of surgeries that you could do. So especially hand surgery, there are days where I usually use a, you know, a hammer, a drill, I'm screwing, um, <laughs> putting screws into bones. You know, you feel like a real orthopedic surgeon, but then there are other days, like a couple of days ago, I did a really big complex case where I was suturing arteries, nerves, um, other vessels, and then tendons. So you're more of a crafty surgeon in that sense. Um, you know, I do sort of plastic surgery stuff. Sometimes if someone has a degloving injury where they lose their skin, I cover it with some sort of graft. So every day is kind of something different and I'm able to do pretty much all aspects and all, um, basics of orthopedics on a daily basis. I always hear this phrase that Dr. Carpenter's body. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. And the beauty of hand is that we're carpenters some days, but then we're actually like artists other artists. days, you know? So, so it's kind of fun. 
Yeah, what a beautiful voice. And they also say, like, if you love video games, it's great yes. because you're using, you know, that eye and hand coordination. So mm-hmm. um, and it's awesome to see women in orthopedics. That's the thing. We don't see enough of us. Um, And so for me, I give back a lot. Um, Med students are calling me every day, literally every single day um, somehow. And (laughs) I just did, I just went to a course um, in Orlando over the weekend. Um, It wasn't a course, it was a conference, SNMA conference, where a ton of med students interested in orthopedics Um, I did like a panel discussion. So afterwards it was like literally 50 of them flocking and being like, can can I have your information? I want to know more. Cause and one girl told me, she's like, I've never seen a black female orthopedic surgeon in in person. And I'm like, what? Like to me, I'm just like, whatever. I don't even think about it. Um, And I have a cohort of people that I know throughout the country, but for her, she was like, oh my God, I've never seen one. And this is her dream. So it, to me, I'm like, I have to, I mean, how could you not want to help people oh, no. in that position? So it gives me goosebumps. Crazy. That's so inspiring. We need to keep that message going. We'll find other ways to share that message. And we'll talk Please. about that. Okay. <laughs> Cause that also touches my heart. Um, have you ever thought of any other degrees? Hmm, not ri- so I'm terrible at math. Um, I use calculators and everything like that, but I'm not great at math. So I would love to do finance. That would be my dream job outside of medicine, but probably wouldn't be a great one for me to do. Um, And the other thing I considered was maybe a researcher, but I don't love writing long papers. So that probably wouldn't work too. Yeah, I think medicine is really the best fit for me. And again, I talked about this over the weekend too, kind of process of elimination, um, being honest with yourself about not necessarily just strengths and weaknesses, but things that you enjoy, things that you hate, because you kind of, if you're going to be this busy in any job that you do, you kind of want to enjoy the, some aspects of it. You know, you're not going to love work every day because it's not vacation, um, but you still should be, you should enjoy what you're doing on a daily basis. Especially in medicine. Especially yeah, in medicine. you have to, you really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're very special. Doctors to me are very special. Not everyone can do that. So, um, yeah. And it's a very common answer to what you just said. Most doctors kind of already knew from the, they were young that they, what they wanted to do. Exactly. So what would you say is the most unique part of your specialty? Um, so I would say the best part, I kind of talked about this initially, I get to do so many different types of surgeries. So, I mean, blown apart elbows, blown apart, humerus fractures, fingers that are lost, do putting them back on or revising the amputation. Like, um, you know, someone punched her arm through a glass window and it was just, it looked crazy. Right. And then when I was finished with it, it looked nice again, you know? So it's every single day is something different. And I think I love that about hand surgery, especially, um, because I'm, I can do all the things orthopedic surgeons. I am an orthopedic surgeon, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, general orthopedic surgeons do plus some, you know, and patients really are appreciative of the work that we do. So that's really what I do it for. That is amazing. I see blood, I'll pass out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. I used to be like that. I actually did. I was like, I don't think I could be a doctor because literally I can't, I couldn't see blood. It would make me pass out. And I don't understand 
how that changed. But the more you do something and you're exposed to it, you actually would get over it. <clears throat> that's interesting yeah. it's very <laughs> every time strange. i see blood i'm like oh my god <laughs> that's how i used to be no more <laughs> what would what does an average day look like for you um it depends so now that i'm in private practice i actually have my own practice so it's basically it looks however i want it to look which is great um back when i was at kaiser permanente in atlanta it was very busy. So I guess I could go off of that. That's more of a typical surgeon schedule. Um, so my OR days were Mondays. I would operate all day. Tuesday and Thursday, I was in the clinic seeing patients. And then Wednesday, I was in the OR again. So I had two OR days and then two in-person clinic days. And Fridays were actually virtual after covid they change it completely to virtual, um, which is pretty cool because you realize that you can see patients virtually um, and get somewhere um, <clears throat> before seeing them in person. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of how my week looked. Now it's like any OR day is mine if I want it. Um, I have one clinic day a week, which is probably going to have to increase because I'm getting busy since coming right. down here. There aren't that many hand surgeons around. Um, so yeah, one or two clinic days and the rest is OR. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So on those busy days, what is the most amount of patients you've seen in one day? <laughs> so at Kaiser, it was probably around 35 a day. Um, in my fellowship, we used to see close to 60 a day. Um, yeah, it was a lot, but you have to have help, um, a lot of help to move patients for, cause you really want to spend time with patients. Um, you hear, you know, some surgeons bragging about that all the time. Like, oh, I see 150 patients a day and it's just not realistic. Like you're not spending enough time with the patient. So for me in private practice, that's another thing I have control over. So I have made it a point to, um, basically only see about 10, 15 patients a day. And I can do that because it's my own schedule. These are my patients that I've found that have found me. Um, and when the need goes up, I'll open up another day, which is already happening. Yeah. That's As a patient, I think it's so important that your doctor takes time to listen to you and talk to you versus you're coming in and you're like in a factory where, you know, you're just, they don't even pay it. They're just reading. I don't, I don't, I don't come back to that. Doctor exactly. Yeah. That's my thing. I don't, I don't want to rush that interaction because that's actually one of my favorite parts of medicine is like really connecting with the patient, figuring out what they haven't had fixed all this time, and then letting them know that there's an option to fix it. Um, and that takes time. You can't do that in two minutes. Um, no, so, <laughs> yeah. so my next question, what is the most difficult procedure you've performed so far in your career? There are several. Um, so I would say probably a distal humerus fracture. So like a really bad elbow fracture. Um, that was actually on my written boards. They took, they choose about 12 of your really hard cases. Um, one of those was on my boards. Um, and it was a lady who was hit by a car, I believe, um, and broke every bone in her elbow. So I had to basically put it back together. She did great. And then eight weeks out from surgery, one of the plates broke. So I had to go back and put, anyway, long story short, she's doing awesome now, <laughs> two years part. later, but um, it was very technically difficult. Sounds painful. <laughs> mm -hmm. Very, very. 
So what's the most common procedure you perform? Probably carpal. Yeah. Carpal tunnel. Um, Carpal tunnel surgery is the most common and trigger finger. So um, when patients have numbness, tingling in their fingers um, and compression of the median nerve, I just make a small incision right here and then free the nerve and then close them up. It takes me about five minutes to do a carpal tunnel. Oh, um, from, from, from hand specialists, definitely. That as being the, yeah, the most it's common. quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what has been the most memorable case you've performed? I think, honestly, it's funny. This week on Monday, I was on, I'm on call this week. So I got a patient who basically had a chainsaw and put it through his wrist literally cut through all these important things. Um, so the emergency room called me and they were like, uh, I don't know what's cut, but definitely there's arterial bleed. Like he was bleeding through an artery, which is bad. And he was hypotensive and they were pretty concerned. So I luckily was around. So I came in, saw him. I didn't take the dressing off because I knew it would just start pulsating. Um, and who really care in that sense, when you're, when a chainsaw goes through a bunch of structures in the hand, a lot of times I don't even, I just bring them to the OR because you just have to explore anyway and see what's torn. You won't know what's everything that's, you know, lacerated. So we went to the OR and mind you, this patient did not have insurance. Okay. A lot of people, and you see that, especially in private practice where a lot of patients are just thrown to the curb because they don't have insurance. Um, and that's really sad because um, I take care of whoever needs it. I could never walk away from a patient like that. So long story short, his wife was very concerned and was saying, we don't have insurance to pay for it. I'm like, don't even worry. We need to save his hand because yeah. he wasn't even perfusing his hand. So brought him to the OR. He couldn't even speak. I didn't think he spoke English, literally, because he was just staring at me, scream like he couldn't talk. So I was translating through his wife, did the surgery. Um, it took like three hours. I had to fix the radial artery, multiple tendons, nerves, and a vein, um, and then wash everything out. He took a chunk of bone out with the, the chainsaw too. Anyway, long story short, um, finished the surgery. The next morning I went in to see him and I was expecting him to be writhing around in pain because it was terrible. Um, and he looked like a completely different person, totally different person. He was like, doc, how are you? I'm like, what you (laughs) like, I know it seemed like I didn't know how to speak yesterday, but I was in so much pain. I feel awesome. Thank you so much. He's perfusing his fingers. And like, to me, I don't like any kind of money doesn't account amount to like, yeah, that situation. He was, he's literally fixed. And so that's what I love about what I do, because I don't even care. I didn't even think about it like that moment, him just being like, wow, I have my hand back. It's not as painful. I can like leave here today. This is great. That's all I needed. So to me, I think that was one of the most rewarding surgeries I've had. It, it sounds very, it sounds amazing. And, and that's, that's, yeah, that's part of being, you know, loving what you do and, and what you do and being able to change people's lives. Save, yeah. You saved him, you know, really not everybody can him. do that. So that's amazing. Beautiful story. And those little things, I mean, that's not a little thing, but you no. taking the time to know he doesn't have anything and 
doing it from the bottom of your heart shows yeah. what kind of person you are. So thank you thank for being you. wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so my next question, this sounded traumatic. So do you do trauma work? <laughs> you said, do, do I do trauma do work? Do you do any trauma work? Yeah, yeah a lot. Yeah. Um, Every do. yeah, that's actually right now, probably the majority of my practice. I want it to be in the past. I think it's been like 60, 40 in terms of 60% planned surgeries, 40% trauma, or maybe even less, you know, 70, 30. Now it's probably more trauma than anything else yeah Got it. sounds like a excitement there's always some excitement happening definitely <laughs> my next question and it sounds like you pretty much answered it or we know the answer to it because what is the most rewarding part of your job yeah that's it I mean it's taking care of people and you know when they think that their situation I mean like that guy who cut himself with the chainsaw in that moment he was probably like there's no way my hand's gonna be gone there's nothing to do. But the beauty of like our million years of training is that to us, like I saw that situation. I'm like been there, you know, in my head, I'm like been there, done that. I can actually do this for the patient. And to me, it's routine, but to them, it's like, oh my God, you know, even a carpal tunnel patient, they come in describing their symptoms and they're like, I don't know what's been going on for 10 years that nothing helps. I think I'm just stuck here. And I'm like, you're not, there's something to do a very simple procedure that will most likely 95 to 99% fix your problem. So that's the beauty of it. That's awesome. (laughs) So we are going to move into some lifestyle questions. Yay. (laughs) So we're going to get to know you on a personal level. Mm -hmm. How many hours do you work a week? (laughs) Uh, So actually now it's not too bad at all. It's probably, I mean, cause before I was probably putting in a good 80 hours. Um, now it's close to maybe like half of that 40, maybe maximum. But the thing is the work per se, like really never stops when you're in private practice. Um, so like today was technically a day off, but I still, saw a patient, um, and then have all the, I have a to-do list. That's literally, I counted 55 things long for today. (laughs) So, and you guys know (laughs) we all have long to-do lists, but it's like, it never ends, you know? So that, but I kind of love that. I kind of like having that, um, the ability to do all this work on my own for my, for my brand and my business. So I don't mind it at all, but it's pretty much 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah. Just knowing your own business. It's, you know, it's your brand, like you said, so you're always working. Yes. Um, what time do you normally wake up? Uh, it depends. Usually around 6 a.m. Um, I do like to work out. Um, so I've been trying to do that in the mornings before I start anything. Um, my clinics don't start till nine. So if I'm up, I'm planning the day, like meal prepping and stuff like that. But yeah, usually between six and seven. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. What time do you normally leave your practice? Um, Five. But again, I could stay longer. I like my office a lot. So (laughs) I can sit there and do homework there too. Um, So I kind of like kick myself out at five. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Get yourself out of there. Yeah. 
<laughs> so how many hours of sleep do you typically get? I try to get between six and eight every night. I think I pretty much do. I, I'm pretty good at getting like about seven hours a night. Um, that's not one thing I have trouble with at all. <laughs> so <laughs> I definitely go to bed pretty early. I go to bed around like 10 30 to 11, maybe, maybe midnight if that. Um, so yeah, I'm getting a solid seven, six, seven hours. Mm-hmm. Important. <laughs> yeah. So are you a night or a day person? Uh, definitely a day person, not a night person at all. I used to be, and then I feel like as I'm aging, it's just not easy anymore. Um, like nights are just not good. So in any way, like even for fun, I can't. I second that. Yeah. How long does it take you to chart? Not too long, actually. I have a rule where I don't, move on to the next patient until I'm done charting. Um, It's a little different right now because the medical record system we use is, is tricky and I have to dictate. Um, When I was using, back when I was using Epic, um, it was really easy because I had templates and just, you know, wrote quickly, but my, I usually focus all my energy on the, um, the end of the note where I'm talking about the plan and what the patient has and what we discussed. Cause I think that's the most important thing at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, no, it doesn't take me long at all. I'm pretty efficient with, with that. It's good to hear. Cause normally other doctors do not. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm every crazy doctor answers this differently. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Cause you know, some doctors bring home their charts. I refuse. I never good ever do that. So even you. in the OR, if I'm operating, I will dictate my operative report. I will, all of my orders are in. I do not touch good. the computer when I get home. Good for so, you. Yeah. <laughs> I love this, this question because you get so many different answers and other answers, you kind of get like a similar, but in this one, they're all different. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Who are you most thankful for in your care team? Hmm. I would say the medical assistants and the front desk workers. They are just really amazing people. Um, they're pleasant. The patient first talks to them. Um, so they see that they actually care their patient with them. Um, they they have direct contact with me. So anything they need to let me know about a patient issue, anything like that, I know about it immediately so that I can address it immediately. And that just speaks well on the entire practice because the patients don't want to be waiting days without hearing from the physician, which I've definitely seen before, like me, myself trying to get in touch with a physician in some other practice, sometimes it can take days to weeks and you have to keep calling. I don't really like that. So I think the team, we work really well together in terms of like prioritizing that. I like efficiency with like, you know, if someone calls for an appointment, if they have a question, they ask me immediately, like, do you see this insurance? Do you blah, blah. And then we get back to them immediately. So I think just having a good team and, you know, a nice team who is all about the patient and, efficiency is really important and I have that luckily that is huge I always say it's like the chief of first impressions that should be their titles because it's when you walk into a doctor's office they're the first people you agree they're the first people you meet and that takes the you know it's kind of like the experience you're going to have 
exactly. So it matters. It does. Um, it really does. It does. <laughs> is it my question next? <laughs> so question. what is the most common medical advice you give patients? Um, listen to your body. That's literally what I tell them. So I do all types of complex surgeries, some simple, some complex. And people will ask, okay, like, you know, after they've healed or their x-rays show that they're completely healed. I don't think that matters so much. It's more of, even though your x-rays are healed, if you're doing something and you feel a twinge or it feels off, stop doing what you're doing and try again tomorrow. That's what I tell them. So I can tell them in general, obviously every textbook has six to eight weeks for this surgery. That's yeah. All that stuff is, is good, but you have to listen to yourself too. And I have to listen to the patient. So I can't push them beyond their ready point. So everybody's going to have different times of healing. So we kind of listen to their body together. And I give the patient that, um, homework to try not to push through just because the x-rays look good. It takes time to get there. That's great advice. Yeah. So how is your life when you clock out? <laughs> uh, I love it, actually. I travel quite a bit. Um, so my clinic days are Thursdays. And then sometimes, I mean, since COVID, it's been decreased. But, you know, on a Friday, we, my husband and I do enjoy, you know, going to an island since we're close, right? It's Florida, anywhere, you can get anywhere very quickly. And so we'll even just relax and stay in a nice resort and see different areas um, together. That's kind of what we really love to do. Um, at home, similar story, we kind of are laid back, like to eat. So we'll have a good dinner, relax, watch some shows and just decompress because you can't be, I'm not one who goes home and talks about work still all the time. I just can't do that. Um, so it's a lot of like fun games. We love spades. We play that all the time with our friends on um, an app. And it's very competitive. There are some fights that happen, but it's fine. We all, our friendship survived it. Um, but yeah, so we enjoy like everything outside of medicine too. That's awesome. We could be friends. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was going to ask you, so my question, pretty much kind of you answered it because I was going to ask you, what are your favorite things to do when you're not working? <laughs> yeah, I. so I shouldn't say I enjoy working out. I think that's kind of weird. I thought about that after I mentioned that I work out in the mornings. I don't know if it's fun, but I'm addicted to the idea of bettering myself. Like I have this goal in my head of where I want to be. And, you know, it's kind of fun to push yourself to just go in and do it. And I'm part of a group um, workout team, I guess you can call it. It's a group training. Um, so we kind of keep each other, account hold each other accountable. <laughs> and there's just so many different options. There's different times I could go in the morning or in the afternoon. Um, so I actually personally love it. They play the music I like. Um, and I played tennis my whole life. Unfortunately, I don't play anymore. I would love to, but I just, I played for so long that right now I'm kind of living my life outside of tennis. I don't blame you. Yeah. It's, I need a break. So that I don't do, but yeah, I enjoy wine tasting. That's another fun thing that I like to do once in a while. Um, and just anything like, especially living here, there are outdoor events all the time or like, you know, just walking around getting fresh air. Um, I enjoy doing that too. 
That's awesome. Love yeah. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have any kids? No, not yet. But <laughs> not hopefully yet. in the near future at some point. We just got married like five months ago. So um waiting on that. Yeah, thank you. You have plenty of time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And his brother actually just they're expecting now um our sister-in-law. So she is expecting and it takes a little bit of the pressure off of us. So now we can (laughs) dote on the little baby and no one has to worry about us anymore. Have a little longer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So this question, do you ever get asked random medical advice from family, friends? <laughs> every day, every day, literally every day. Um, my mom, oh my God. So my mom, she's a nurse and she teaches nursing. She's at a, um, a hospital in Buffalo, New York. Um, and she's a dean of a nursing school now. So she literally the other day just called, she called me first and I couldn't answer because I was in a meeting. Then she called my husband and was like, hi, I have a patient who had a total hip replacement and they want to talk to you about <laughs> how they're recovering. And he's like, okay, cool. Okay, let's go for it. You know, so like she calls me all the time for her friends. She'd be like, Darcy is here and her hand hurts. I'm like, okay, you know, but I mean, I think it's great though, because having someone in the family that you can kind of rely on or even in your friend group, um, because you want to, it's hard. It's hard to meet doctors that you trust out there in general. So just having someone to bounce ideas off of, I think is fine. Instead of Dr. Google, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Dr. Google is really bad. (laughs) So dog or cat? Neither. Neither. I don't like that. So I think dogs are cute and I would love to have a dog. The only problem is between my husband and I, who's going to take them out? I just, I love my sleep. He loves his like you know? And so if we're going to do that with a kid, I'd prefer to just save my energy for that <laughs> and then live my life until then. So I'm right that's there why with you. I'm right yeah. there with you. we don't have a dog or a cat. I love them because yeah. I love to see them. I love to pet them. My kids have them, but mm-hmm. I travel too much. I work too much yeah. and I wouldn't bring in, you know, a pet if I can't take care of it. Exactly. I, so I, I definitely agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but dog, if I had to choose, it would be dog, not cat. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, if you could have dinner with one person in history, who would that be? Uh, so I would probably say Michelle Obama. Oh, she's yes. like so like, I'm not going to say bad word, but she's a bad, she's good. She's good. She's so good. She's bad. Um, is what I want to say PG. Um, no, she's just amazing. Like she's beautiful. I would want to ask her where she shops, who does her hair, um, what she does for fun, how she keeps everything together. Um, she's a rock by her husband's side, but she's also assertive and like has her own thing. I mean, she's just great. And she has kids. She figured it out. I would pick her brain for hours. For sure. Have you read her book becoming? I have. Yes. So amazing. Yeah. I love it. I'm like, I want to be a mom just like her. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I am a mom, but I mean, I'm a a very protective mom, but I love the way her perspective on parenting. I was like, I want to be more like her, but I'm not. (laughs) No, but you, that's the thing is you're amazing in your own way too. You could probably teach her something, you know, so we all can learn from each other. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) 
Is it you? Is it me? It's me. It's you. <laughs> Coffee, tea, or soda? No, none again. I feel like I'm saying none to everything, but I don't it's drink okay. caffeine somehow. Everybody asks how That's I got through training without caffeine, and it just it makes me feel very sick. Like my heart beats too fast. I feel lightheaded and weak, and it's just terrible. Um, the last time I had coffee, I tried to be cool. My first day of med school, I was like, oh, I'm in med school. I'm going to get coffee, but lots of creamer. It was like half coffee, half creamer. And I like just wanted to hold a coffee cup because I thought it was cool. Um, and then for the next two, three days, I was like terrible, very, very bad. So I was like, never again, going to do that. Once in a while, I'll just sneak it in there, but it's always a bad idea every time. So I don't do it. I'm like you. I don't drink coffee, but I do love herbal tea. They don't have caffeine. So if you ever Mm. want to get into teas, herbal teas are the way to go. Good to know. Yes. um, Chamomile, anything that's herbal, that's um, non-caffeinated, I drink tons of it. And another great um, matcha is also amazing because it's Mm. a natural, it's an herb. So it's a natural, very light. Um, caffeine because I can't I ended up in the hospital drinking coffee so I don't do coffee because my heart so you see you have the same thing then that's so interesting and no to soda Mm -mm. no yeah I if anything Sprite yeah maybe if your stomach comes a little bit yeah like have some ginger ale yeah how this is how much water do you recommend we drink I always ask that to the doctors yeah I mean as much as you can honestly like right now I'm drinking a gallon a day because I'm trying to lose weight and get into shape but I think seven glasses is what they recommend I agree with that as much as you can tolerate is the best so days that I have the OR though, I try, I do not drink that much water because I'll just be going to the bathroom the whole time. Um, so I have to kind of make sure I'm aware of, you know, what the day looks like, but yeah, the more water, the better just to flush out all the toxins. Okay. My next one, pineapple on pizza. It's a uh, I, think it's, I think it's a sin. It's a sin. Oh gosh. It's terrible. Yeah, it's Maddie so likes pineapple on her like pizza. Pineapple. What, Maddie? <laughs> no, so like the thing is, I don't like mixing sweet with savory. I can't, oh, I, I don't do well with like, I can eat pineapple separately and then pizza separately, but together <laughs> just messes with my head. So anything like that, I'm like, Mm-mm. I love Anything. that you said it's a sin. <laughs> yeah, and even like even salads, I don't put fruit in my salads. I can't. My brain just cannot do it. It has to be sweet or savory. Like oh, not interesting. Both. Yeah. So, so what is your favorite music to listen to in the OR? Um, so I have a, my OR playlist is I've been told by many is excellent. And it's just been over the years, I keep adding to it, but it's kind of a mixture of everything. Like I have old hip hop hits. I have like, um, Caribbean music. I have Afro beats, um, random pop hits. It's all over the place. And every day, like I'm adding. So usually if I'm in the OR, if someone has a suggestion, I'll add it if I like it. Um, I don't have country music on there. Somebody tried to put country on there and I just deleted it later. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's a pretty nice mix. 
you might have to share. <laughs> oh my God. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> what is one random task you're really good at? Oh, planning vacations. I think like, especially, I think more specifically finding a good hotel that's cheapish um, or a nice resort. Um, I'm very good at that. I will not let my husband do that ever again. Cause one time he did and I just can't. Um, so that's my job from here on in. Um, yeah, I can plan a trip. That's one thing I can do. Awesome. I can't, my husband does it. I'm horrible. Really? Wow. I just don't have the patience. I, yeah. I don't have to deal with that. That's so funny. Yeah. We're the opposite. <laughs> so what's one random task you wish you were better at okay so I would say um remembering like activities I have planned right so I have a very detailed planner or else I will forget everything um and I have the problem of like if a friend or family member asks if if we're free on a certain weekend I say yes and I assume we're fine and then he's like no we have a wedding that weekend why are you like you don't have you're not free so like this is my planner okay. look out for uh, April um and I, it needs to be that detailed or else I will forget so yeah, I was gonna I, ask it's not on the list but if you liked paper or electronic paper a hundred paper all the way right <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's something about it I don't know like the electronic one I can't figure out like the iPhone the <laughs> calendar it's not it's too much to type in everything like and it's too hard to put times and everything like that so I just write it <laughs> instead <laughs> and then it also doesn't alert you the right way sometimes so you've missed things I need to just have this all always with me I agree yeah. with you on that. <laughs> the problem is if I lose this, I'm in trouble. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. So. What is the best day for you to relax after a long day? Um, you said the best what? The best way for you to oh. relax after a long day. Okay. I love like mindless TV shows. I really like that is my way to unwind. Um <laughs> loved the bachelor bachelorette um I love like married at first sight um yeah it's just so bad that it's like you can't stop watching it (laughs) um big brother was one of my favorites I've watched almost every season of that um basically anything and I used to love like really good like um not thriller tv shows but like think twists right like a movie or yeah or a show with a big twist in it um love it but they haven't come out with many good ones recently mindless tv is the best it is so <laughs> good to just to unwind yes <laughs> so um night or day in in the town like a night in or a night out in the town <laughs> mm, i would have to say See, that's the funny part is that I like both almost because a nice night in, you know, with a glass of wine and like watching a nice movie, beautiful. It with obviously food. I like to eat. <laughs> yeah, um, but I also love going out, like the idea of going out, sitting right on the water, 
having a nice dinner that's great as long as it doesn't go past 10 o'clock I'm great (laughs) Um, so either one I used to be more of an inside person but then I moved to Florida yeah, and you're going to take it back to the bean and yeah, exactly. <laughs> You can't do that in New York. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Not in the winter, at least. Not in the winter, yeah. <laughs> so that was my next one. Indoor, outdoor. Yeah, I'm, I honestly am I'm more of an outdoor person now because I just love the heat. I love it. I hate <laughs> being cold. Like ORs that are too cold, I just can't do it. Um, but when you're operating, you get warmer, but I, I don't understand how people like the nurses in the room stand it when it's freezing and they're just, you know, there all day. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a terrible feeling being cold. So that being said, I get outside as much as I can. I love it. It no. can be hot and I'm not sad about that. <laughs> Beach <laughs> or mountains? Beach. <laughs> no mountains. No mountains. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> all righty so our next one what would you consider what would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert yeah I'm this is funny I'm answering like no to everything or yes to everything so I'm both again so I'm an introverted extrovert if you can say so I do like people who don't really know me will say that I'm very outgoing um life of the party type person. Um, people who know me very well know that I'm very, I like to be by myself a lot. Um, and it gives me anxiety being around too many people <laughs> too often. You know what I mean? So I actually love being by myself or just like with a small number of people inside relaxing um, or at a dinner or something. But yeah, I'm both. So we're almost getting close to the end. So we're going to get into some reflective questions. Mm -hmm. So what did you think you were going to be when you were a kid? I always thought I was going to be a doctor, honestly. I used to say that and who knows what my little mind was thinking at the time. But I think, I don't know, my reasons for becoming a doctor changed significantly at every stage in my life. When you're little, you could be any, you like say you want to be whatever. Um, so I don't know if that really counts, but later on, again, process of elimination, um, basically put me in that realm. Plus I just thought it would be really cool to like heal people and have that ability to do that. Plus the pressure of it, I was okay with, um, just given the fact that I was playing tennis, like by myself, you know what I mean? Like you're out there by yourself playing a very competitive sport, you have to dig it, dig yourself out of holes sometimes. And it's scary. So I figured I wasn't afraid of pressure. Um, that's a big, big thing with being a physician of any sort. Like there are times when things are going south or not going exactly how you wanted to. I mean, it will happen at some point and it's your job to kind of be the person that centers yourself. You're not freaking out. You're not screaming at everybody and you figure out a way out of it. Right. So that's kind of a, a big reason why I was drawn to that specialty. Um, cause I think that is something that I was gifted with, I think. Um, so I'm not afraid of moments like that. I kind of I'm able to relax and figure it out. Awesome. If you didn't go into medicine, what do you think you'd be doing now? 
If I had the math skills, it would be uh, finance, probably. I think that's so cool. And it would be cool to understand finance better. I wish I did, because that would help me out a lot. Um, But yeah, I think it's really cool to understand how, you know, money works and save enough, invest, all that stuff would be great to know. So I probably would have tried to do that if I didn't do medicine. Very important skills to have nowadays. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So what would you say to an inspiring medical student right now? I would tell them not to believe when someone tells them they are, they can't do it. Um, still try, um, still put your all into it and really like cut out the noise because there's going to be a ton of people who say it's too hard because really the typical quote unquote orthopedic surgeon is a white male. Right. And that's what we have been known to see, um, a white male jock. Right. And if you're not that it's kind of perceived and, and also the perception is you need to be perfect. Right. That's, completely not true. So when I was going through, I've had several people in my path tell me not to do orthopedics or that I couldn't because your grades have to be perfect. You know, you, you know, you could do everything except orthopedic surgery, neurosurgery and plastic surgery. Um, and that was quite the incorrect, um, view and it wasn't true at all because I got a million interviews that I wanted. I did not get perfect scores on my boards, Um, you know, but I was, you know, I cared about my patients and it's very rare to find somebody who actually likes what they do and want to take care of people. Um, So that's actually what orthopedic surgeons and program directors are looking for. In addition to the, yes, you have to have some of the scores, but I would just say, don't listen to naysayers and actually use that as fuel to keep going. Cause we need more people who actually are quote unquote normal and <laughs> actually have a heart <laughs> and listen to people. Cause we don't want people who are just a, a brick wall. Um, that's not what makes a good surgeon. I don't care what your scores are. Oh, that is great advice. Yeah. Very good so. advice. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go to our work comp question. And what is your philosophy when treating an injured worker? So my philosophy is always, I mean, it's really the same for all of my patients in terms of listening to them. Um, First of all, diagnosing them appropriately, listening to their concerns, um, and then coming up with a plan that gets them back to work the soonest without compromising their injury um, or their, their recovery. So that's kind of what I do. I don't keep patients out long at all. It work comp or not. If I'm doing a surgery, the way that I do things, I don't immobilize them for long. I get them moving with therapy very quickly so they can get back to work sooner. Um, in general, it's patients overall want to get back to work. People need to work in order to make money to support their families. Um, so I, my goal is to make it possible for them to do that. Um, so with work comp, it's even more important, um, you know, in a sense for us to have kind of a timeline and stick to it. Um, so I'm very upfront with the patient in terms of what the expectations are so that they're not surprised when they're going back to work. Um, so that's kind of how I approach it. Great answer. (laughs) (laughs) So what changes or improvement do you feel that 
we need to bring to the workers' comp industry if they, if they make a change? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, in general, um, just open communication between among the adjusters, like among the patient, the employer and the surgeon would be great because a lot of times we, you know, I see certain people working without the others and then there's miscommunication um, in general. So I really do actually like to reach out to the different members involved in that patient's care because it, it all matters. Um, I need to understand what the patient's, um, you know, work description is. What are they doing with their hands? Like how often are they, you know, I need to understand that in order to give good advice in terms of when they can return. Um, so I think it's just having a holistic um, view of the team yeah. so that it's more efficient. Communication is everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. What makes your practice unique? Yay. Uh, so hand, you guys know me so well now, but, um, I'll say it briefly. Um, I can take care of anything in the upper extremity, which is pretty cool. Nerves, vessels, um, bones, uh, compressive nerve, uh, palsies, um, foreign bodies. I see literally I've seen nails through hands that I take out. So I just love the, the diversity of surgery and non-surgery that I do. So I can pretty much, you know, there's very few conditions where I'll say, I don't know what to do for you. So I think that's the fun part is that I'm pretty, I've done a lot in pretty much anything in the upper extremity. Ready, and I'm going to ask you your last question. What is the best way to reach you and your staff? Well, okay, so the best way would be to call the office, actually. Um, they, as I said, they are wonderful. They contact me literally before the patient even or the person gets off the phone. Um, they have my direct information, too. And then by email, um, they, again, check it every two seconds two and a half seconds, Um, even on weekends, holidays, everything, I'm getting emails forwarded from them. Um, So I don't know if you want me to share that on here because I can. We will go ahead and put it in the notes so that everyone that's listening can reach you that way. So we'll keep it in the notes. You don't have to say it out loud, but I, I agree because you are so responsive for anything that we email you. You are very timely and your team is amazing. So definitely um, email, I think is the fastest way. And I think it's also a great way of in workers comp to keep track of those emails that are coming in, you know, because there's a lot of stuff that goes attached with that. So definitely email and we will make sure we put that information for those who listen and want to reach you. They can go ahead and reach you and we'll put all your information below the show notes. Perfect. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Dr. John, for your time and for giving us a look into the life of an orthopedic surgeon. Yeah, no problem at all. You guys are going to be meeting with my husband soon, um, Kojo Marfo. So oh, he'll give a- you a different perspective. Very different. So that's a He's fun not as fact. outgoing as it. <laughs> because I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that we're husband and wife and in I, practice. I had a feeling, but I wasn't just gonna say it. Yeah, to say and it. I have a different last name, so you wouldn't know. Exactly. But yeah, that'll be really fun because you'll see a literally exact opposite personality and everything. So <laughs> and you can give him an idea of how it was. Yeah, so, it was really fun. Yeah. This was great. 
Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we really, really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you both. It was so nice meeting you. Thank you for taking time with us. We'll see you soon. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We would really appreciate it if you leave your review and subscribe to Bloom TV. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.